Most people believe the Holy Spirit exists. But why don't we ever talk about it? We hear about the Holy Spirit, and we sing about the Holy Spirit. But do we understand who He is? The Holy Spirit is not meant to be a mystery. He is a person and not an it. The Holy Spirit isn't just a power source to tap into when we need it. It's about communion with the person. There are many aspects of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. And the truth of who He is is painted throughout the Bible. The Holy Spirit is meant to be a part of our everyday lives. And we are called to live in the supernatural. Hey, I've got Ali Serato here. She's going she's gonna to share the word of the Lord with us and lead us into our time. Buenos días. Pónganse de pie para leer la palabra de Dios todos unidos. Stand with me as we read the word of God together. Primera de Corintios 8, 5 y 6. Pues aunque haya los así llamados dioses, ya sea en el cielo o en la tierra, y por cierto que hay muchos dioses y muchos señores, pero para nosotros no hay más que un solo Dios, el Padre, de quien todo procede y para el, el cual vivimos, y no hay más que un solo Señor, es decir, Jesucristo, por quien todo existe y por medio de del cual vivimos. Esto es lo que yo creo y declaro por el poder del Espíritu Santo. El Señor declares the Lord. You can be seated. Hey, was Jimmy mentioned? My name is Jason Ramos. For some of you in the room that might not know me, um, I get the opportunity, the privilege to leave a, lead a, a wonderful department here called Impact Waco. Um, some amazing people. If you're if you're interested in knowing more about Impact Waco, we got a kiosk out in the lobby that you can sign up for some of the things that we're doing. But before I jump into this message, I do want to honor my my beautiful family. Um, I've got a great picture up here of them. Um, that we had taken in 2020, so um, Christmas time of 2020, my, yeah, my sweet granddaughter, Jeely, on the bottom in the center, and since then, we've added to the family, and we have our sweet Audrey, that's part of our family, she's a lot more chill, uh, but just so thankful for, for the faithfulness of God and just getting me to, giving me the opportunity to, to love and lead them. Um, before, I, as I continue jumping, I do want to make clear, uh, scripture that God highlighted to me starting off this morning is out of 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, where he says, and my speech, and I pray that my speech and my preaching would not be done with wise and persuasive words of human wisdom, but they'd be done in demonstration of spirit and of power, that people's faith do not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. The power of God. So my heart is that uh, is for the power of God to be released here. See, I'm I'm not up here trying to sell you something. I'm not trying to get a commission. Um, in fact, I want to give something away to help us walk out the great commission given by the commissioner himself, Jesus. This power, this this that God has for us. So when we look. You can do a, a Google search maybe on Forbes and, and other uh, sites like Time. When you ask, like, who's the most powerful people in the world, all, a long list of uh, individuals will come up. And a lot of them are listed on there because of their, their money, their position, their relationships, their efforts, and even some of them because of their force and how they've taken it. But the power that God has is not one that we can take or even earn or achieve on our own, but it's one that can only be received. If we look in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, he says, He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, 
and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Jesus. Jesus is the most powerful one, and as followers of him, we should and are called to walk in power as well. This power. This power that you find in the book of Acts, and, and when Jesus is about to ascend, you know, these disciples, they had seen some amazing things, but then they just went through this very challenging time of seeing the one that they loved and followed and, and seeing him live in the miraculous was his life was taken, but then we later on learned that it was actually given. Go. And they're getting commissioned to walk out this calling of God and to advance his kingdom. So he came and said, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the world. I think this scripture said, to the ends of the earth. This is a power. This is a power with a purpose. That purpose is to, according to this passage, says to be his witness. See, sometimes we don't think we need the power to be his witness. We could, we could do it all by myself, right? We could do it all on our own, but it, it, we fall short. We need the power of God to love people, to forgive people, to, to walk with people, to encourage people. And so this is a power. But sometimes, if you're like me, it's hard to receive. It's hard to receive. I, I was taught this lesson about 10 years ago from a friend of mine named Richard DeMarco. Richard used to be on staff here. Uh, he was out on the field for a little while and then worked here helping lead our community feast. But one day, Richard wanted to give me $100 for something that I needed. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I'm good, I'm good. Somebody else needs it. I got that, I'm good. And he looked at me and said, brother... He said, man, you need to learn how to receive. And something <laughs> dawned on me, and I said, you're right. <laughs> but I had a hard time receiving. In fact, in James 1.17, it says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. From, comes down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation, a shadow, or turning. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, we see in a story like the prodigal son, this son runs off and lives his life a certain way, but that did not change the heart and the character of the father. He was the same. God doesn't change. He's still good, and these gifts come from him. But it's often hard for us to receive them. It's often hard for us to receive his wisdom, his advice, his power, because maybe it's ignorance. Maybe it's because of pride. Maybe it's self-reliance. It can be a number of reasons. God opposes the proud but gives more grace to the humble. And we need that greater grace. I like that when Vincent says, he says, that greater grace. <laughs> and so it is. It's like the emphasis of this grace that is greater. So that pride can get away, but we want to receive this power from God. There's an old uh, saying that says, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't, <laughs> you can't make him drink. And often we are led into the presence of God. Often God is inviting us in, but we're not receiving what he has for us. His power, his purpose, his plan for our life is better than anything we can come up with. Anything we can come up with on our own. One of the best well-known verses in the, uh, throughout the world is Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But plans to give you a hope and a future. But no matter how good his plan is, no matter how beautiful his purpose is, he'll never force you to follow it. He reveals it. He invites you to it, but he'll never make you step into it. He leaves it up to you. He's so good. He's always inviting. He's, 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 he's inviting us to receive this, but to receive him as well. In John 1.12, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to be called, become children of God. Children of God. He's your papa. He's your daddy. <laughs> He's your father. He's here to love. He's here to restore. He's here to direct. He's here to correct. And he's here to lead us daily. But not only are we children of God, the scripture goes on to say that we're fellow citizens with the saints. And we're members of the household of God. And in Ephesians 2.19, it says, I like another translation that says, consequently. But this one says, now therefore, you are no longer strangers, now foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You're a carrier of the kingdom. See, the, king, the, the presence of God used to be carried in a box. It was these stone tablets, and they would carry it, and wherever the box went, the presence went. But the, the, the presence of God is no longer stone tablets. In stone tablets, represented through stone tablets, but it's represented inside of you. And so wherever, wherever you go, the presence of God should go. The healing of God, the kingdom of God, the, the power of God. But you got to receive it. you got to receive it. Every day, he's knocking at the door of your heart. Boom, 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 boom. And guess what? Sometimes you're like this. You, try to, you don't want nobody to hear you. Somebody's at the door. So you try to hide. Or sometimes you just turn the other way. But you know what? The next day he comes back, and he's knocking again. See, I seen a picture of this years ago of Jesus knocking at this door. It was a painting. And on the painting as he was knocking, uh, there was no doorknob on the outside. And, and it said that the reason there's no doorknob on the outside is because this door can only be opened from the inside. And as this door is opened, as we open this door on the inside, we allow Jesus to come into our hearts every single day. Every day he's wanting to, and desiring to spend time and be with us. The power of God, the love of God. But we gotta, we got to receive him. we got to accept him. It's his power that brings and gives restoration and life and forgiveness and transformation. I like how in John 15, I'm shooting through these passages. I love how he talks about Jesus. He reveals to people what was very familiar in that day. He says, he told them about, I gave him an illustration of a, a, a vine. And he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He's the source of nutrients, of sustaining power with purpose to be his witness. He's the, he's the life source. He says you're a branch connected to this vine and all through me, I want, to, I want to give you life and hope and power, power to be his witness. See, I know today there's many people in this room that maybe you come this Sunday morning and there's some of you that are here that are broken. You're, you're desperate. In fact, you, you come and you're, you're, you're needing an intervention from God in your life. You're here because you hope that God will do something today, that God will do something in your life. Romans 15 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, he gives strength 
to the weary, and he increases the weak. Let me say that again. He gives strength to the weary and power to the weak. Then I know there's some of you in this room that you, at one time, sometime you've been going through a routine. Maybe early on years ago, um, you were going after it. You were engaging the Lord. You were seeing the miraculous. You were uh, walking in the power and believing it and, and, and being a witness of God everywhere you went. But then life got busy. Life got busy. Responsibilities got more. Maybe kids, maybe career, maybe family, um, maybe disappointments. And now you're years down the road. And you're saying, I want to get back to where I once was. But you're not sure where to start. You might have a thought, if I just get this book, or if I, I go to this thing, maybe this. I want to tell you those things are, yes, great, but I want to tell you that today is a, is a new day. Today is a day that you can receive him again. Yesterday's gone. It's gone. That, that, I tell guys, when guys would walk through recovery, and they would do really good, and then they would slip up, and they was like, man, I just want to try to get back. I said, look, that day's gone. I said, today's the day you have. It's a brand new day. So I want to encourage you today, if that's you, when we do our ministry time towards the end of our message, be the first one down here. It says, the scripture says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Another translation says to stir up the gift. So today, let's stir up the gift. Some of you might be in this room and you're walking in and you're experiencing the power of God. And it's hard for some around you to understand what this is like. Let me explain it this way. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, He called his disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God to heal the sick. See, God's giving, we're receiving. But freely you receive, freely you give. Let me see how to say this. When, last summer we went to... We took the discipleship school, um, about 60 students on a outreach. In fact, uh, discipleship school applications might be coming around soon, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but we went on an outreach, and we took about 60 students to, to Oaxaca, Mexico. And while we were up there, we took about, I don't know, 25, 30 up to the mountains. It was about six hours up to the mountains. And we get up there, and we get to this, this village, and we set up a tent, and when people go out, and they begin to invite people to come back that night. And so that night, we, we were going to uh, have a drama, and, and I was going to preach and a message, and I heard the Lord right before I got up there to preach saying, hey, uh, share about the time I hit the guy's eyes, that I spit in his eyes. And so we get ready to start the drama, and as soon as the music starts, there's this um, the music, the little flute starts, you know, and they start the drama, and out of nowhere, this little dog about this big... He comes running into the crowd, and he starts screaming. He's not barking. He's like, ah, ah, and like literally like, and he's just moving, in the, he's moving amongst everybody. And we look at him, we're like, man, that is demonic. And so we start praying that the demonic would be broken. No, seriously. And then all of a sudden, he just falls on the ground and goes, rah, 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 rah. right? So then... So then we, 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 we do the drama, and then, and then I get up there to share, and, then, and I, say, I give this word about God wanting to heal eyes. And, 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 and so as soon as we get ready for the ministry time, it's like a downpour, torrential rain. And the people, instead of them leaving, they drew in. 
And so we started praying, and, and, and Jimmy had some oil. We started praying over and laying hands on people. And we're way up in the mountains, right? And then all of a sudden, people just start falling, start falling. And, and, you know, it's like we're praying, and all of a sudden, this lady comes up, and she's crying. And she's like, my son, my son. And his eyes got all this white pus and this gook, and it's like just covered in his eyes. And so we, we prayed for him and prayed for the healing of God and just for the power of God to fall in his family. It was powerful that night. The next morning, we're getting ready to wrap up to leave. She comes, and she's crying, and she's like, my son, I want to tell you, my son, when I woke up this morning, his eyes were completely healed. Yeah. She said, she said whenever we was at home, my other son was at home, he said a wind blew in the house, and they don't know what it was. It was the power of God. Now, you might think that these sorts of things, they happen on mission trips, but what about here? Uh, see, on trips like that, we, we tend to make space. We make room for God to move. And those things can happen here. We just have to make room and we have to make space again in our lives. Last night, um, we got the opportunity to celebrate an era with Enciende. Um, it was powerful. People were crying out and praying for Latin American countries and the Hispanic people in the earth. You know, see, my, my grandparents, uh, I'm just two generations away from Mexico. My, my grandfather, he came to this country um, as a little boy, and then he, he ended up going into the fields and working as a migrant worker. He picked cotton. He picked other uh, produce. And then he met my grandmother, and they had kids, and they started having kids. And my aunt told me that they would live in the fields in tents while the, while the, while the, the adults picked cotton and picked other produce. She said that none of them knew English, but whenever they, they started, they settled here in Waco. They started going to school, and that's where all the kids learned English. That was a... You can imagine being in another country, going to school, but then now having to learn the language as well. That's a very challenging thing, in fact, but that's a similar situation for many people today. Many, many kids in our school system are experiencing the same challenges and as well on that same journey. Um, this was over 65 years ago, but it just looks a little different today. In fact, our, our demographics in our school system are 60% Hispanic. 28% black and 8% white. And a majority of those Hispanic are Mexican, and a lot of them with descent coming from Mexico. But they're, they're, they're navigating through it. They're fortitude, and they're resilient, and they're learning and growing. And it's powerful. The culture is beautiful. I want to tell you a story about a, another individual that I know. It's a, it's a lady by the name of Isabel Lozano. Um, Isabel, her, her dad came to this country um, in the 60s. He was, a, he was a pastor, and he settled down and started to have a family. And so not only was he pastoring people to the things of God, but he was also helping people navigate through the challenges of being in a different country. Isabel said they were always giving, that her dad was someone who would collect coats and then go to Mexico to give them away to people in the cold or stop at the gas station and help somebody get gas. They were always giving. She grew up and went to Bells Hill Elementary and then went on to University High School and graduated from there. She said that after she graduated, she got her job working for the school district. And she said there was a, a supervisor at the time said, hey, have you ever thought about going to college? But she said she never, never really pictured herself going to college, so she didn't pursue that at first. And then after the supervisor kind of spoke that into her, she went ahead and went to school. She went to school and she graduated in business and then ended up saying, no, I really want to be a teacher. So she, she came back and she, went, she started going to school um, and started going to work for the school again to be a teacher. Well, about seven years ago, she said that, you know, she had 
was in this tough place in life. She said with her work as well as some things at home, it was very challenging and very hard. And she began to cry out. She said she called her dad, and her dad was like, Miha, you, you need to trust the Lord, but the Lord is molding you in this season. He's shaping you. She said she started to cry out to the Lord and press in and press through, and then she saw a breakthrough come in her job. Then she saw a breakthrough happen in her family. And then a position to, led to another position, and then she was able to take a position at Kendrick Elementary and became the principal there. This campus is primarily Hispanic students and the staff there, the teachers there. And Isabel has created a culture there, an environment of, of family, of praying for the students, of praying for her, uh, her staff. She said that that season was one of the toughest seasons of her life, but it was a season that she really went deep with God and started to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in her life. Today, she ended up getting... She went through uh, Kendrick and the culture there and just such a her heart to lead there and allowing the Lord to lead her life that she ended up getting principal of the year last year. Her family, powerful. She is a witness to this community and so many kids. In fact, I told her, I met with her, and I was telling her, I went to visit her campus, and I was talking to her. I said, hey, I'm going to preach on the 27th. And she goes, oh, that's my birthday. And I said, said, do you mind if I share some of your stories? She said, absolutely. And she said, oh, and my dad's going to be here as well. See, her dad is no longer in Waco. He's now a pastor in Oaxaca, Mexico. And so they're here today and just say thank you so much for all you're doing and pouring into our community. Yeah. Isabel said that God kept reminding her through that journey, through all those hard days that, uh, of Romans 8, 28, that he says he works all things. And we know that he works all things together for the good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. When she was younger, she said that uh, pastors would prophesy and they would pray over and say she, would, or she had a word that she would be taking the mantle from her dad one day. But she was always like, I'm not going to be a pastor. Um, but today, she is pastoring people in this community in a different way. Powerful. Now, you might hear that and think, okay, that's a story of somebody that grew up in, in God. They're, they're, they grew up in the presence of the Lord. What about people that didn't? What about people that didn't? Well, I want to tell you another story of a, a, a young lady named Janet. Janet's mom brought her here when she was two months old. They came here. She, her mom wanted a better life for her. Um, in fact, her mom had to leave school when she was 12 years old to go work in office buildings and didn't get to get an education. But she brought Janet here, and, and as they were uh, living here, she would work in factories and worked hard. Well, her mom ended up getting deported, and Janet had to stay here with another lady that she eventually started calling mom because she spent so much time with her. Well, her mom was resilient as she was. She managed to get back here. She she came across the river on a tire to make sure she got back into this country to come be with her daughter, to love her daughter, to lead her. Well, she ended up having to leave again, and she made her way back. Well, a couple years later, she ended up getting a residency card and was able to then work legally, and it kind of like the peace came over them. Well, Janet ended up, uh, she ended up as a young lady growing up and ended up started making a family for herself at a young age, had a couple kids, uh, had three kids. But at the, same, at the same time, like many young folks, they were smoking a little bit and drinking and became like just a cultural normal thing for them. 
Well, the drinking and the smoking then led to uh, other things, cocaine, and then led to a meth habit. Next thing you know, uh, about 2012, 2013, her family split up because of her addiction and, and what God, um, not what God was doing, but what the enemy was doing in her life. And she found herself trying to support her addiction, so she, she started selling drugs and she got busted. After she got busted, she started coming and reaching out a little bit, and she wanted to visit Life Group. So she came to Life Group. She, she left, she came again, and she later told me that she, uh, she would come to Life Group with her Bible in one hand and her purse with her pipe in the other hand. She said that I would smoke sometimes before I went to Life Group. So she started coming because she wanted help. But she's like, you know what, forget this. I'm just going to leave town. I got $30 to my name. <laughs> she threw a basket of clothes in her car with her $30 and said, I'm leaving town to start over. She said she, turned, she got in her car, took off, turned the corner, and as soon as she did, she had a blowout. And she was like, the devil. I was like, that wasn't the devil. <laughs> that was the Lord. <laughs> well, she reached out that day. And Monica and I went over there and we talked with her. And we, there was a women's home, and so that day she went to a women's home, Christian women's home, and she got delivered. She got free. She was there for six months, and the peace of God came over her life, and she got free. And when she came home, she came home, and she was excited, but her husband was still struggling. And so two weeks after she was home, a co-worker of her husband's invited him to a men's retreat, Christian retreat, and he went for the weekend, and he got saved. The power of God came on his family and restored it. But she had this drug charge weighing over her, so she was scared, and she was, she was fearful, and she was afraid about what was going to happen. But the Scripture says, for God did not give, you, give us a spirit of fear but, or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we pray, raise, do fundraisers. She gets a lawyer, and she's looking at 10 years in prison, but then the judge, they end up giving her probation. So we celebrate, yes, praise God, she doesn't have to go to jail. Powerful. The whole time they live here a block away on this, uh, from this house right here, they live a block away from here. They're having groups in their home. They're leading people to Jesus. They're worshiping and they're being a witness. Well, she, I could say right there was a powerful deal, but she had this, as soon as she had signed, as soon as she had got this probation, she was now in danger of not getting her residency again. So they, they sent her a letter and said that they weren't going to renew it. And so she started going and seeing all these lawyers and they would all tell her the same thing. It's not if you get deported, but when you get deported. And so she's like, everybody around her is fearful and telling her, you know, don't go up there, don't go up there. But she says the whole time she keeps hearing the story of David and Goliath, run to the battle, run to the battle. So we pray and she prays and she goes up there. She, she prays one day with everybody and then she goes up there. And when she goes up there, the favor of God comes over there and they renew her residency for her. Just powerful. See, the scripture says in Isaiah 43 that I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God was telling her that he'll make a way for her and her family in this neighborhood to know him and advance his kingdom, even in the midst of so much uncertainty. One thing that we saw through it all was they never had to start like, well, forget it, I'm just going to go back to the life. They, they stayed full, for, Lord, we're with you no matter what it is. Now, I wish I could stop there, but Eva, it keeps going. She works at a restaurant. And she's a waitress. And the judge who sentenced her started coming into her waitress, uh, her restaurant every day, and she began to wait on him. And they began to build a friendship and, and, and a customer, and she would see him all the time. And so, so she told him one day that, hey, I, I might be eligible for early release, but I just need the judge to sign off on it. He said, bring it here. I'll sign off on it. 
signed off on it. Powerful. So right after that, they started meeting in her home, another, her and her husband and another gentleman who had got set free. And they began to pray and say, what would it look like if we had this outreach and we invited other churches to be a part of it, right? Who's ever thought that? We've all said that. In fact, a lot of us have worked to try to do that and have struggled. Well, they did, and, and, and they pulled these churches together, and the next thing you know, they put on this big outreach in the city where hundreds of people come and people get saved and baptized, and they named the, the outreach Waco. We are chosen outreach. It's, and the scripture says, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special possession, that we, he may pro, you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Who you were once not a people, but now you're the people of God. You once had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained it. They did an outreach three years ago, and then they did one last, last March, and it was 700 people from the community that came out to it. So many people. They had 10-plus churches partnering together. This family, they've, they, next week we have, a, we have an outreach that's going on in Hood Street Park that they've put on, it's, and we've got a lot of churches coming together. Th- these people, this couple that, that God moved in them and came in power, they, they, they've been a beautiful witness not only to the, to the people in this community that seen them come out of darkness, but they're being a beautiful witness to the body of Christ, how to work together in unity. It's beautiful, beautiful. This is just the invitation from God, and, and I know there's been this invitation from God to not only locally, it's been amazing that God would be faithful to send people from another place, another city, another country to this city to invest in, to disciple, and to lead. But he's also given the invitation for many in this house and in this community to go as well. And the end of Acts 1.8, it says that to be his witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the world. I want to wrap up our time this morning with one last story of a couple by the name of Edward and Natalie Monta. Um, some of you might know them. They, they recently, they've been in this house for some years. But Edward, he grew up here in North Waco, grew up like a, a lot of young men and um, kind of a little aimless and no direction. But he, he ended up getting uh, smoking weed and drinking and, and kind of running around a lot. He said he, he, he dropped out of school in the 11th grade and then he had a kid. He said his life was running kind of aimless in no direction. He was living in a cycle. Well, he ended up meeting uh, his wife, Natalie, down the road, and they got married. When he was about 27, 28, they visited church. And he said it was the first time when he came to church that he ever read the Word of God. In his late 20s, the first time that he ever started to learn and read the Word of God. He said they came here, and they started coming to Antioch, and then they got into a life group. He said they got into a life group, but... They were coming on Sundays. They were going to life group during the week. He said, but on the weekend, he kept finding himself still drinking, still partying. And so he said he got to one day where he was like in his room. He fell on his knees, and he's like, God, I need you. I don't want to do this no more. And he said when he did that day, he said the power of God came upon him, and it broke something. He said his own words was that something shifted in him. He said they, they started to look into the discipleship school. He said, so they, him and his wife joined the school. He said, then they came to World Mandate. And he said, the whole time his wife is like, his wife is like, the nations, let's pray for the nation. He's like, no, 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 I'm not going. In fact, I know a lot of Waco people, they're like, no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Two, five, four. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, two, five, four, right? But he said they started praying, and he said they started uh, seeking the Lord even more. And he said as they were seeking the Lord, he said they did a, there was a, a church-wide fast and, and prayer. And he said him and his wife started to journal. And he said on the last day of the journal, he felt the day to journal, he felt the Lord say, go to the park. So he said he goes to the park, and he starts to journal, and he hears the words, the time is now, CP School, Dominican Republic. Well, his wife was journaling the same thing at work, and they, they, they had planned to at night get together and share their journals. And he said when they got together, she had the same thing written down in her journal. The time is now, CP School, the Dominican Republic. So they went on this journey. They sold everything they had. They moved into one room, and they, they, they got $90,000 out of debt. And as of last month, they're in the Dominican Republic now, being a witness of God. See, the power of God came upon him to be his witness, not only here, but also to the nations, to specifically to the Dominican Republic. Isaiah 42, he told me a, a, a passage that's been carrying deeply in him and that he's walking in is Isaiah 42, 16. He says, I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known, along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. These are testimonies of the power of God to be his witness. The scripture in Revelation says that we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. So what am I here to tell us this morning? Those are witnesses. Those are everyday witness, day in and day out in this community, and they're reaching the nations of the earth. But they're doing it because the power of God has come upon them, and they're receiving it. They're receiving the power of God. The word that God keeps giving is the time is now. And you might ask, what's so special about this hour? This is the hour that you have. The yesterday's gone, like it's gone. We can let the, the disappointments of yesterday or the weight of tomorrow rob us of what we have today. Tomorrow isn't promised. So I'm saying the hour is now, today. I'm asking you to stand to your feet. And I want to invite our prayer teams to come down here. As I mentioned in the beginning, I... I my speech and my preaching, I've been like the whole month, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? What do you want to say? And I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, invite people to step in, to, 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 to be a part, to believe, to experience, to receive all that he wants to do. As I mentioned when I started this message that some of you are broken today. I want to invite you. If you're here and you're broken, you came. You're like, I need a breakthrough. I came because I need God in to intervene in my life. Then I want to say, don't miss this hour. Come down. Like, we're here. This is church. We didn't come just to, to, to worship and preach, but we come to engage and, and encounter God. I want to say, if that's you, come down here. That second group, I want to say, when I started my journey here at Antioch, a lot of you, I was inspired by a lot of your faith, a lot of people. 
There was many of you who were just running after Jesus and, and believing for the impossible and walking in the miraculous. But I also saw some of life get busy and full. And some of, some of those same folks have kind of like stepped back and, and been in the background. But I see, see when I see you that you're hungry. I know that God is stirring your heart. I want to say if that's you, then come down here and fan into flame again the gift that God has put inside of you. Stir that gift. Stir that gift again. And maybe you're here this morning, and this is the first time you're really hearing about this, and you're like, man, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. We're the people of God. We're the people of God. We're not strangers. You're not strangers. You're not foreigners, but you're fellow citizens. You're fellow citizens with the saints. And so while we're up here, this worship's getting response time. If you got a specific that you want to get prayed for, come and get prayed. But if not, you just want to receive what God has for you today, then I would say come find a spot up here and go ahead and fall on your knees and allow the Lord to minister to you.